nanny's bit thing. Do we need nanny's bit? <laughs> well, we're in this course together, isn't it? Yeah, That's exactly. Like, hi, I'm not even looking at you in the eye. <laughs> okay. Um, so, welcome, Hannah, to the podcast. Thank you. Um, you're going to be like the second episode of this version of the podcast that we're doing um, because we haven't done one for six months, something like that. But now that we've got the studio and we have, or Little Bear Broad has the studio, um, we thought it was about time to start doing it again because we actually have a space, i.e. an earring covered. <laughs> a lovely space <laughs> um, to do it in um, but also to try and get the message across about what the space is for yeah um, but anyway before we get on to that I want to hear about you and the reason I've invited you onto the podcast is because of your expertise not only in being an expat over in Stockholm living here um, but also because of your life, previous life, as a social worker in Scotland. Mm. And the venture that you have started yes. while you've been here in uh, in Stockholm, together with you, Stockholm. And all the values and ideals and, and experience that you have taken from being a social worker, are you're now kind of funneling into this amazing entrepreneurial concept of getting parents more in touch with the emotional and psychological aspect of being a parent and having children and bonding and so on and so forth. But I've said enough. You tell me your origin story. Why, how, did it, how did you get to be here? Oh, <laughs> my origin story, told so often. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> at, least I, at least I didn't go, why are you here? <laughs> I got that just this morning. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so why am I here? So we moved over from Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, do you know what? We're here for adventure. We're totally crazy. I don't know. We moved here for adventure. Both my husband and I have always wanted to live abroad. We wanted our kids to grow up internationally. Um, and we had a little bit of a soft spot for Scandinavia. He, Sweden, me, Denmark. And then... A job came up for him that was a great opportunity mm -hmm. and after a lot of ifing and umming mm -hmm. and scrolling Little Bear Abroad's website <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for the plug <laughs> and listening to the podcast even mm -hmm. if it was on high speed um, <laughs> we decided let's make the jump let's move over here so he took up his job here as a um, managing design engineer so mm. yeah mm -hmm. um, working in a fantastic Mm -hmm. role mm -hmm. and me and the kids had to find our way yeah which uh is just so often the story how yes. the story goes that's the and i think that's the you know even i just even though that i came here as one half of a swedish scottish couple um i still had that story which was me and the kid had to find our own way. Despite the fact that she is now more Swedish than I don't think, I think any other Swedish person I've ever met, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that's, that's really what we 
wanted to talk about today yeah. was this story of, right, the door shuts as your spouse heads off to work and you're sat at the kitchen table left going, hmm, why, what next? Yeah. What's next? Um, and that's a really first gala. Yeah. <laughs> Open a four school, though, that's it, yeah. And, and I think that's really the vision, that's where my story comes in, in terms of the vision that I see for Little Bear Abroad, but also now the physical yes. aspect of Little Bear Abroad. So my, my sort of origin story is, you know, attending a quite conventional expat coffee morning, inverted commas, and then being told that I wasn't quite expat enough um, and that my husband didn't work for the right company to join this membership group and that I would have to basically find my own way. Cut to walking down Vasistan by myself, eight and a half months pregnant, going, I cannot possibly be the only person in this situation who desperately, desperately needs and feels like there has to be a community out there that I belong to or could belong to and could get some support um, from people who are in a similar situation that I've been in and who know that actually it's going to be okay on the other side but you're going to have to go through this bit first um, and there was nothing there was nothing there was literally nothing when I came so which is what that was how Little Bear Broad was kind of born out of that frustration and blah, blah, blah. so when we had the vision that we wanted to have we didn't want Little Bear Broad to just be a physical space, uh, a digital space. We also wanted it to be a physical space. It was so that somebody like me, five years back, could have walked in and gone, oh my God, this is exactly the kind of place that I'm looking for. It's got, you know, it understands my needs as a parent, but it also understands my needs as an individual who has arrived on this foreign soil with no clue as to what goes next, how to make anything happen. Sorry, I'm talking too much. I'm completely taken off. No, you're not at all. So I'm, I'm just, just setting, so setting up the. I'm just setting up the setting up the you know the the thing the yeah. the, the context, and um, yeah. I'm just so thankful. Yeah. That you have done what you've done. Well, yeah. Well, I feel like we're only halfway there. I, th I feel like you know, and I think this is the other thing that you know the way that we're funding it at the moment is being is is totally and utterly self-funded hmm. and now we're having to use activities and events and and programs to fund the space however my like i will feel like i've got all the way there that i've got all the way that i want to go with this when we are able to offer free help advice support signposting you know local knowledge sharing that sort of stuff that yeah you see in other places but that just hasn't quite been framed in the way that is accessible for people like us yeah so let's have a conversation about that <laughs> let's have a conversation we've had so many conversations yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 so tell me about yeah. your tell me about your experience as a social worker from a with that hat on mm. the moving here as yeah. a social worker yeah and what you're kind of you know yeah well I guess that's been that experience for me N not as well I guess I'm I've always got my social worker bit with me because you don't forget what you've learned mm. and trained in so mm. 
Because I know, see, I see you as, I'm beginning to kind of see you as the the expert in terms of, you know, I've got all of these ideas in my head, mm. going blah, 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 about you know stuff. I don't have any qualifications, expertise, or I've just got lived experience. Yeah. So you know, I'm kind of just looking to amazing. you, going, Hannah, you have the right language mm. to talk about this stuff. I do pride pride myself on not using. Silly language, but yeah. Yeah, no, but no, I just mean in terms of... No, but yeah, it's it, about it's, child... Well, it's, I, it's about human development, human psychology. Yeah. Um, as well as sociology, mm-hmm. policy, yeah. law. It all comes into play. And exactly. that's everything as a social worker. That's what I trained in and worked in. Yeah. Human behaviour. Mm-hmm. So, with all of those different hats on, because they're all the hats that you wear when you're working in social work. Yeah, coming here... And seeing my own situation, and then meeting so many other parents, may I just add, at the International Playgroup. Thanks very much for um, that. <laughs> Checks in the post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it literally was, the playgroup for me was this, this beacon of, we have to go there. It was like a pilgrimage. <laughs> my husband could not start work on the Monday morning until we had found how exactly to get to the International Playgroup. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that was going to be how I was going to meet some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that in mind, and then I met so many people, and, you know, I think I, I've probably met well over 100 people that I've had conversations with in this last one year that we've been here. Told the origin story to. Mm. Given each other the side look of, like, this is hard. Mm. Bloody mm. hard. Mm. That's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not considered a swear word. Well, I don't consider it a swear word. <laughs> so, you know, so hard. And yet those conversations have drifted away. And the reason behind that, I think, and it's my social worker mind on, mm-hmm. is so much is happening for us as individuals and for parents at home. One, from being a new parent. There was loads going on there, mm. just from being a new parent. Mm. Then there's so much being going on for being a parent, mm-hmm. regardless of what age your children are. Then you have, you've moved to the foreign country and you have lost your identity. Mm-hmm. Your identity as you knew it has completely changed. Mm-hmm. You have lost your support network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have gone through many of the biggest changes in your life all in one short time. Mm. What is it they say the most stressful times of your life? Moving house, having children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just stick that on its head and move to a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody mentions that one. No. Nobody says, by the way. <laughs> because so few people do it. You know? Yeah. I was really naive. Oh. So naive oh, to so how I found too. it. I mean, I was nervous. I had that kind of sick feeling in my tummy of, like, can we do this? Yeah, let's make the jump. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how it would be to land in a foreign country without a job, without any relatives anywhere nearby. Just for the listeners, I am nodding at Hannah knowingly going, yes, I too was the naivest of them all. (laughs) Just. And that has effects on us. That has effects on our behaviour. Yeah. Has effects on our emotional well-being. We know it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, how and do you not think that, sorry to interrupt you, mm. do you not think that also, that naivety also kind of feeds into this loss of identity and loss of self-confidence? Yes. 
because yeah. you kind of go, oh my god, I'm so naive and so stupid to think that this was going to be, you know, and it kind of just chips, just mm -hmm. chips ever so slightly away at any confidence or self or or kind of um, confidence and capability. Self, self this person who was willing to move across the world mm, to a new mm. foreign country for this adventurous mm. time to explore and experience new cultures and introduce their children to new cultures and to live and experience a new city. Mm. Where's that person gone? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get that person back, please? <laughs> like, but all of that, when it chips away your confidence and your self-esteem mm. and who you are and your mood, mm -hmm. your patience, mm -hmm. your energy levels, all of that then has an impact on how you are at home, mm -hmm. how things feel at home, mm -hmm. how your relationships are going mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And I have become acutely aware over the last year that the support for that I mean, I'm well aware that people can be offered to go and see a curator. Which is which is what? Just for people who Somebody don't know. Somebody with a social worker's degree, social work, socionom degree, they have different ways of uh, mm -hmm. socionom degree. So again, they should have a good knowledge of human development and psychology. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... But, but they're, they're not, but they're not counseling. They're yeah, not necessarily. A a, they're, they're not, not a socionom. They're not a socionom, and they are not a psychologist. Um, a socionom is in who would be if it's a child protection case. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. about child protection. It's not about that at all. They're there as a counselor, um, because when you study social work, you study counseling, counseling. Um, and uh, often therapeutic approaches as well. So mm -hmm. I'm a specialist in solution focused therapy. Mm -hmm. So. Um, a curator is a great offer of support mm -hmm. um, if you want to go and talk to someone mm -hmm. and it's free mm -hmm. which is wonderful yeah but I'm also really conscious that it's potluck if you get one that wants to speak in your language yeah. other than Swedish um, and also I'm not being funny but trying to talk about s deep very sometimes obtrusive feelings that you probably actually aren't even really aware of their of how they're manifesting mm -hmm. or how or where they're being kind of they're coming from to do that to somebody who doesn't speak your language to do it through a interpreter mm -hmm. to do it through broken swedish which mm -hmm. you know a lot i know a lot of our sweet our listeners are or, or can speak swedish but it's still a second language mm -hmm. i'm not when i say broken swedish i mean second language swedish yeah. Um, that's really hard. Incredibly hard. Because, you know, everybody knows that when you speak a different language, you are a different person. You're not necessarily going to be the same yeah. way that you are, naturally. Yeah. Normally. Your mother tongue is the most easiest to express your emotion in. Unless, of course, you're into. a bilingual child who's got, like, yeah, anyway. A hundred mother tongues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but a curator is a fantastic offer of support mm -hmm. for counselling. Mm -hmm. And often it'd be a short, f a few weeks of support offered, mm -hmm. and then uh, mm -hmm. you may find a referral to go and see someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, yeah, you can ask. There are psychologists and counselors out there, mm -hmm. but that can also be very hard, mm -hmm. incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. To the problem look I at. had. Sorry, to, again, yeah, I'm interrupting no, you, but um, just to bring it back to like real life story. Uh, 
so when I had my first child, when I had Stella, she, we had been in the country for four months. And so not only was I kind of going through that of, I wasn't, I don't think I was in culture shock yet, but I think I was probably in a, oh, okay, I'm feeling pretty isolated and not really very autonomous and I feel very dependent but yet I don't have any support system thing. Um, there was also the added mix of, ooh, new mum hormones, totally raging everywhere, uncontrollable anxiety, massive, just, I mean, I mean, just, I look back at it now and I just think, oh my God, I don't, how did I actually manage to get through all of that? And um, fortunately, I know this doesn't happen for everybody, but fortunately my BBC nurse, kind of caught on to the fact that I was experiencing huge amounts of anxiety. I think only because I was a new new mum. We had yeah. that conversation about, yeah. you know, I don't it came think... Under, it came under postnatal. Yeah, exactly. I actually look back on it now and I think I probably actually had postnatal depression. Now that I, look, now that I think about it, I hear other people talking about it. Um, anyway, so she went, oh, I think you should probably speak to somebody. And she very kindly offered to, she, she, she made the first move. She got this person to phone me. Yes, perfect. Okay, great. Because you may not have been able to phone somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. But she phoned me, this person phoned me, and she knew that I didn't speak English, thank God, thank God. I mean, she knew that I didn't speak Swedish, thank God, um, and that I spoke English. So she started the conversation off in English, but I am one of these people who goes, yeah, everything's fine, I'm absolutely fine, yep, everything's fine, no, I don't need to see anybody, I'm good, thank you very much, that's great, thanks, bye, and put the phone down. Yep. Which is, I'm sorry, 90% of the yep. population who want to appear to be functioning, yes. high-functioning individuals, and that was it, boom, nothing, nothing more. And it wasn't until three years later, this like, yeah, three years later, uh, in the midst of an October, I found myself on the end of the phone sobbing to a very, very kind man somewhere in Hudinga Kukuset, Hudinga Hospital, in the psychology department going, I can't help you, but are you feeling okay? Because it took, it kind of got to that, I just got to that point with whatever I was dealing with where I just went, I cannot cope with this anymore. I can't feel like this anymore. I can't, you know. Um, and, but then again, because I had refused that offer of help then, I had to go and seek it out myself. And I'm not being funny. It was really fucking hard. Yeah. To try and get somebody, just even a... Uh, just a, a kind of a cursory let's go through this checklist and see if you're okay so and i still haven't spoken to a psychologist i still haven't spoken to anybody never spoken to anybody in therapy ever because i'm too busy it's too hard in swedish well i mean i can do it in swedish but you know like i just i ha it's way too much to even contemplate doing so at that point, that's a reality. Yeah, that's the reality. That so I'm, I, 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 
I'm going to fully admit to you right now, I am still dealing with postnatal depression slash anxiety issues as a result of never having kind of... And if it just somebody had just followed up with me, if that woman had just... I know, and I know that that's impossible to ask them because they are so overstretched in terms of resources, yeah. in terms of all this kind of stuff, I get that. But if somebody had just phoned me a couple of days later when maybe I was having a bad day and had just said to me, how are you? I probably would have burst on burst in yeah. tears on the phone. And that yeah, would have been, been the opening right door. Right yeah. Finding the spot. But I don't know. It's drives all of what you're doing and it drives driving what I want to do because yeah. I think it's not okay mm. that people don't get the support that they need. Mm. And it's about making it more accessible mm -hmm. and available mm -hmm. and getting over physical and non-physical boundaries, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. barriers mm -hmm. to accessing mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. um, finding ways to get around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perinatal, I'm going to use the term perinatal, so throughout pregnancy and the first two years after, mm. um, perinatal care is beginning to become much more looked at and known, certainly over in the UK, but it's a big awareness campaign that's going on right now. Yeah. And it may be happening here in Sweden too. But there's a chance that if you're not in society, seeing, joining in in the Swedish, mm. watching Swedish news, mm -hmm. receiving Swedish information on your phone, mm -hmm. you're going to have no clue what support and services are out there and you're certainly not going to know what peer support is out there what less threatening yeah ca I'm going to use the term casual mm -hmm. support is available mm -hmm. to you because that's the thing with being in our position here mm -hmm. is we are still even with your Swedish partner mm -hmm. still living on the peripheral of society mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not fully immersed into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's one of Mm -hmm. The thousand things mm -hmm. that I drives what I'm mm -hmm. wanting to offer. And, and I, I want to make clear here because I think there's a lot of people on listening to this going to be like, yeah, well, if she spoke Swedish, then it would be okay. I do speak Swedish. Yeah, I speak not Swedish about language. perfectly well. Um, it's not about language at all in any shape or form. It's about how you articulate yourself best. I, if I walk into a doctor's office and I'm speaking Swedish, I'm going to be going, yes, I'm absolutely, I'm, yes, I'm fine, I can cope, everything's okay. But if I walk into a peer support environment in which I know that people have experienced a similar ex ex experience that I have, mm. they don't necessarily have to be native English speakers, just international people who, you know, people who are speaking English or who are, the common language is English or whatever, I think I'm much more likely for my psychological barriers to kind of go down enough to go, actually, I'm really not okay. And I really, really need a little bit of emotional support in this particular area. Yeah. So that's the kind of, that's, uh, and I think, I wonder if there is a kind of, 
I don't want to say that this is a Swedish thing in particular, but there's a lot of focus when, when new people arrive in Sweden, there's, there is a lot of focus on language training, cultural training, CV writing, um, uh, job coaching, that yes. practical stuff. Yes. The really kind of yeah. like, this is how you integrate politically, economically, this is what integration is. And my experience, however, is that that's not the case. And that in order for you to feel as though you have moved away from the, the, the sort of fringes of society into society is by creating the autonomy, social autonomy and the relationships that you need to get to that political and economic integration. And I don't think people are able to do that, to make that leap from the perfect... If mm. they're sitting there going, uh... Comes down to Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, 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 exactly. It does, yeah. doesn't it? You know, it's like, what are the primal needs here? Mm -hmm. At some point you're going to get to, you need to address your emotional yeah. well-being. Mm. Your mental health yeah. has to be supported for um, you to thrive. And yeah. to be able to feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I've always said, yeah, okay, I get that people are people are like, yeah, in language training and, and job coaching is that's integration. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but there's a whole there's yeah. a whole stepping stone here, people, mm. that we need been, to, yeah. to deal with first before and we can get people to that stage. And it's not just people like us who are expats who've made the choice to come here who are you know, with assumed assumed mm. wealth and capability and experience. Everybody refugees, asylum mm -hmm. seekers, people who've come here on the back of a, I don't know, something, whatever, they all have this emotional, yeah. psychological, physiological, not physiological, well, physiological It comes out physiological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked about loss and change. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Massive. Mm -hmm. um, the impact of loss mm -hmm. on us as individuals. Is and that's, that ties massive. in, that comes into the whole identity thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how we cope with change mm -hmm. um, very much ties into, I start going on about attachment, don't set me off on attachment because I blooming love attachment and I'm very passionate about attachment and resilience, but how we cope with change as adults taps mm -hmm. into our attachment, mm -hmm. how attached we are mm -hmm. with safe relationships, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how secure we feel, mm -hmm. all tapping into our childhoods mm -hmm. and onwards into adulthood. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots. Very complex. Not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> Beloved. <laughs> and could talk for hours. But how we manage to cope with such profound change is tapping on in our attachment mm -hmm. um, styles. And how resilient we are mm -hmm. with coping with change. And mm -hmm. so it, it impacts everyone very differently. Mm -hmm. But what we know is change and loss impacts mm -hmm. massively and change and loss can can be seen as being quite they similar come together yeah yeah, yeah. They can they come together yeah mm -hmm. if you have loss you experience a loss mm -hmm. you experience change mm -hmm. if something changes mm -hmm. you've experienced a loss of something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it comes together and so i've you know and i think i was saying before back a little bit, um, mm -hmm. about how that actually then, how we see that in ourselves, how that changes our, how we are in our emotional well-being, the behaviour that we 
have towards each other, towards ourselves, you know, we less patient mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. ourselves and less mm-hmm. patient with others. Mm-hmm. Um, find it our coping abilities suddenly go from being yeah I'm fine I can manage this to why am I crying over this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why did I just end up yelling at my mm-hmm. kid over this? Like mm-hmm. that's not me. Mm-hmm. To full on rage. Yeah. And we have like um perinatal rage mm-hmm. when you've just had the baby all the mm-hmm. hormones like mm-hmm. massive rage it's another area that isn't talked about that much that mothers experience but it's also but it's not just it's hormones like, it's change it's change it's just change it's change and exactly that so people can blame hormones for a lot of things but not everything yeah <laughs> but it's all driven yeah mm. i'm like Mm. It's all connected. Yeah. The hormones are going up and down because of the change in loss experience yeah, in the brain. Yeah, yeah. And so, but the rage that you can experience, so I don't mind saying, uh-huh. I, I didn't recognize myself sometimes. Mm. The way I yelled at my kids mm. when they wouldn't get their gear on to go out in the snow, I remember it so much being in a stairwell being like, just put your snow gear on. Just mm-hmm. get the suit on. Trying to dress a 10-month-old while the two-and-a-half-year-old did not want to have three fleeces and a snowsuit on. Okay, yeah. I was perhaps putting too much on. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. But, but, you know, I remember absolutely losing it within myself mm. and having to take the baby, because I couldn't leave them on the stair, mm. and go outside the front door and breathe a moment. Mm-hmm. And afterwards I was trembling. Yeah. And thinking, I can't believe that just came out of me. Mm-hmm. Who was that? Mm-hmm. And it still sticks with me today, mm-hmm. that, that moment with mm-hmm. my kids. Mm-hmm. And I was on my own. Mm. I was completely on my own. Mm-hmm. Or at least I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Because actually the reality is, even though we don't talk about it yeah. at playgroup or over Fika, when we meet up with our parent friends that we're meeting, likelihood is... Mm. most are experiencing that loss of security in themselves and then how that is coming out yeah and And i'm i'm i would say i think on reflection looking back at my experiences most of my postnatal depression slash anxiety was to do with loss of identity completely like as you were saying the the rage the uncontrollable fear Mm -hmm. the completely irrational like anxiety about Mm -hmm. just bizarre things and um um yeah it come all wrapped up in this kind of weird ball of who am i what am i doing how what what's the rest of my life gonna look like you that yeah that kind of thing um, it's messy. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really messy. But then but, you know, but, and that's what I'm just. That's the thing that I. The, this, the question that ring the ring a dings in my head is, you know, loss, is bereavement. Yeah. Loss come. You know, bereavement comes after loss. So, why are we not talking to people about that bereavement or talking about treating these people as though they are going through a bereavement and i'm not saying you know kit gloves you know bringing around plates of food and going oh my god you know i'm so sorry for your loss i'm talking about acknowledging 
the, the the individual's psychological needs at that stage. You know, what is it they say about bereavement? There's there's um, anger. Um, there's disbelief. Yes. There's um, bargaining. Bargaining. Um, there's sadness, and then there's acceptance. Yeah. I'm sure there's others in there as well, but I can't remember what they so are. Don't put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> proven that yes. these are the, these are goes so why can we not use though that model when when you know treating i'm going to use the word treating people like us supporting folk yeah supporting supporting people, people. and you know what that does happen mm-hmm. when you know as as a social worker when i was in denmark i used that theory to inform my work with all the children and young people that I worked with who were immigrants mm-hmm. and asylum seekers. Mm-hmm. That was what informed how I worked with those children and how I worked to support those families and how I acknowledged that, you know, no, why why on earth would you want to assimilate? You, mm. You're holding on absolutely tight mm. to your culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Man, if anyone says to me that I'm British or English, I'm like, I'm Scottish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am exactly. Scottish. Hold on tight yeah. to your... Cl- and it's all about that process. Mm-hmm. When you go through that change mm-hmm. and that loss. So, in what I'm offering, mm-hmm. and what I'm wanting mm-hmm. to be able to do is to offer that support. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. are too. Yeah. That's why we're talking That's about this. That's why we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, the point yeah. of this podcast. That's the point of this podcast. Um, so, yeah. And we do want to, you know, I, I really, really feel strongly mm-hmm. that people need a space that they can, can go and talk about. And grieve. And to grieve, talk about the realities of how they are truly feeling. Yeah. How their day is actually going. Mm-hmm. Um, not the oh man, it's really hard and I got lost on the bus again. Oh yeah, have you worked out what type of milk it is in mm. Ica? Yes, those things are really stressful. Because But let's the... take the conversation to the next level. Yeah. Of what's actually happening for each other. Inside, And yeah. offer support. Yeah. Um, because I think that's the thing. I think those kind of, um, you know, what I like to call sort of uh, uh, top layer or top line um, expat issues... <laughs> <laughs> are just basically the cherry on the cake of a you know large bomb that is about to go off underneath yeah. you, which is yeah. like, it's the detonator that I can't find the milk and that's the detonator to the multitude of micro identity bereavement loss issues. Yeah. Which is going on inside oneself yeah. when they are going through this process. The amount of times I've cried because the bread had cardamom in it. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> You're just like, my kids aren't going to eat this. Why is there cardamom in all the bread? Oh, it's the sugar <laughs> in the bread. That's the most. <laughs> Why is the bread sweet for in fact, sake? In fact, my husband got a, you know, upset. He was upset and mm. stressed out mm. um, yesterday. Um, last night because there was salt crust all over the bread and he was just like oh I got so stressed out picking up the post and then and then I took a bit of bread and it's covered in salt and I was like it's okay but he's not you know it's Mm. not okay Mm. it's not okay and these small trivial things are not trivial Mm. 
but we need a space to properly be able to talk about mm. what's going on, how we are truly feeling, yeah. what the impact on our mental health is. Yeah. You know, where has our confidence gone? Mm. How, where has our identity gone? And how are we going to start to feel better? How are we going to regain that confidence? Mm. What mm-hmm. can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's one, I mean, and that's always been the vision for, for me that I had for this physical, the physical entity of Little Bear Abroad yeah. is having, is creating or holding that space for people to be able to do that in. So when you came to me and you said, I really want to offer a space for people to talk, just talk. I want, and it's just, it's not going to be with a psychologist, it's not going to be with a, you know, somebody who is going to give them their own personal therapy session. This is about a group of people, of individuals, who need space to just talk. And you use the, you use the term a peer group, peer support group. Peer support, yeah. Which I think is the perfect way of describing what it is that we're trying yeah. to do. Um, somewhere you know that is uh, you know it's there's not going to be any hard and fast psychological analysis of what you're going through that particular day it's going to be uh yeah you you use the word casual casual support yeah so the purpose of a peer support group being that it's the peers within the group that are offering the support but it isn't simply fika. Mm-hmm. It it has purpose, mm-hmm. and there are. It's gently guided in the basis of helping people support each other to find solutions. Mm-hmm. So to look at okay, how can it get better? Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody else went through this last week and they actually found something mm-hmm. that helped and worked. Mm-hmm. And maybe I think just it's all, by talking together. Yeah, and it's it but it's also important better. to say this is not somewhere that you can find out how to get your kids into the best school in Stockholm. This is about yeah much deeper, deeper. level kind of. Um, I really need to talk about why I screamed at my kids today because yeah. I think it's got something to do with the fact that I couldn't pick up the post from the supermarket because Post Nord hadn't actually I was far too anxious to even get on the bus to get to the post office yeah yeah or I suddenly found it find that I can't actually leave my house unless I know for sure I'm meeting someone at the other side for a coffee yeah yeah and I don't know enough people to get me out the house mm-hmm. that often mm-hmm. or why am I too scared to go to the supermarket by myself I'm worried that someone's going to be angry at me for not speaking Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, these are just examples clearly happening in our own lives and from talking to the many expats mm-hmm. and or however you identify yourself here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so through using the peer support, which is a model, mm. I won't, you know, it is a model mm-hmm. and I want to set up, it's, it's a, a method that I've used to work with parents for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but do we just have to also say, but on that note, this is not about being a parent. These peer support groups are not going to be about being a parent, are they? No, no, no. Well, it's for parents. Okay. Oh yeah. It's for parents. Okay. Sorry. Is it? I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're coming to the group as a human. You're coming to yes, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Wow. Just, just confused everybody there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, exactly that. But I'm trying to say that um, this is a method I've used to support groups of people. 
yes, who have happened to be parents <laughs> for many years. Um, and But it is a very effective. It's used in many different ways. I think um, another popular term for a peer support group is a self-help group. I think mm. that's a very American term. Yeah. But it's using the same theory. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why it's kind of gently guided um, initially by myself and then others in the group will know Mm -hmm. okay, this is kind of how we're running this, is so that it doesn't become everyone sits silently while the same person every week talks yeah. and everyone else leaves the room feeling worse than where. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's not, it's, not, it's not a free therapy session. No. Yeah. Although it is in a different way. Yeah, but not for, an in, not for yeah, one person. Not for one person. Yeah. And so the, there, we, there are ways in which we make sure that it's positive for everyone within the group mm -hmm. and that everyone is also safely emotionally supported. Mm -hmm. So um, if you do come and everything comes up and you finally find time and space to talk about what's going on for you, then we make sure that you go home feeling able to cope with everything that you've let up. Because if when you let your guard down, mm -hmm. you need to then pull it back up a bit yeah. to go back out and carry on. Mm -hmm. And so that is the difference between it being fika or playgroup mm -hmm. or mama mm -hmm. mate yeah. and things. Yeah. It's a different type of network and it's a different type of support. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's needed. Yeah, And I that's agree. why I want to offer it. And, you know, I'm so glad when I came and spoke to you and said, look, I want to offer this for free. I want to get it set up and start running it. Mm -hmm. I need a space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mm -hmm. yeah. What was your response? I can't remember, probably. Yes, yeah. immediately. <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> We'll give you the space for free. We'll sponsor it. <laughs> Just get somewhere for everyone to... Well, not everyone, because you're all going to have to take it in turns on who's looking after the kids. But, yeah. <laughs> um, make it make space for, for mm -hmm. you to come and mm -hmm. talk. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really important. Mm -hmm. I, actually, I just... It's the work I did as a social worker in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And... Now I'm here, mm -hmm. I'm like, why would I not use the knowledge mm -hmm. and skills that I have mm -hmm. to support those who are in my community? Mm -hmm. Why would I not mm -hmm. do that? And it's really interesting, so this is going to, this is another, I don't mean to send you mm -hmm. a curveball here, but I, even as, even as somebody who has so much experience of working with the international community, international parents especially, here in Stockholm, and who understands the deep deep value of that kind of support I'm still going me I'm still going oh but you know like is that really valuable isn't that crazy like my I'm so like society has groomed my brain to go oh yeah but well you know they're not going to get like a job at the end of it yeah do you understand what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, isn't you so did that poll the other day about how, you know, you know, would you rather spend money on your yourself or your yeah. kids? And yeah. it all came out on your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, do you, it's like our focus is on, I have to do something that I know will mean it's going to do benefit the other people around me. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at actually taking time out for ourselves, it seems like we're being really indulgent, mm -hmm. really yes. selfish. Yes. And that's what I kind of, in my head, I'm going, God, is this not a little bit indulgent kind of going? And I'm like, oh my God, it's, no, not. it's not. This is the point, This is Jill. like, if you want this to think, is totally the point. This it's, would be, you know, 
doing something like this for yourself and making sure that you are supporting your own mental health and well-being and you know that is worth more to your family yeah than anything yeah um you know it is and yeah like having having good mental health i'm not saying being happy but having good mental mm -hmm. health provides much more value and longevity than I don't know, being a productive accountant or something because like new you know, Peppa Pig car. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a new Peppa Pig car, but Mum's crying in the corner again. Yeah. You know that's the reality, and so, um, mm -hmm. we should give ourselves permission. Mm -hmm. And and I, I mean, we're or talking. even going, I can't cope with it. I have to leave. We're going back home to wherever we came from. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, How are you going to manage this for a long term? Mm -hmm. How do you cope? Mm -hmm. And what's your mental yeah. health backup plan? What's your plan? mental health backup plan? That's a perfect way of saying it. Mm. Yeah, and and we're both we're two moms talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this is for all parents. This is for men too. This is yeah. You oh my know, god! This, this, this totally is not a woman thing or no. a man thing. It is a being here and everything you're trying to juggle. That's what I'm saying is being human, being human, but just humans who happen to be parents. Yes. Or carers, even ca carers. just carers, yeah. you know? Like that's these, these, this, this is just about people who have a serious amount of responsibility in their life caring for other yeah. human appendages. Yeah. And they need to, you know, they need some, some they need some support. Yeah. But the idea, this is this is when is when is the peer group gonna peer support group gonna happen? Well, the peer support group is gonna happen every first, first. Monday of the month yeah. at six thirty in the evening, and it's gonna last for how long did we say an hour or an hour and a half? Ninety minutes? I can't remember. An hour. An hour. Yeah. Um, six thirty till seven thirty. The first Monday of every month, starting yeah. on second of March. The second of March. Second of March. People. First Monday of the month. First Monday of the month. Um, and um, I really hope that people come along. Um, I want to kind of say, you know, there is going to be more laughter, I think, than there is going to be crying. At one of these things, at, at one you of never the know. Groups. You never, yeah, yeah, you never know. But this my is my experience of running groups. Yeah, you, just you never don't know. know. The group are gonna make it. Yeah, yeah. But please don't let any ideas, stigmas, anything around not being able to cope or mental health or fear around anyone thinking you're everybody being has a bad mental health. Or anything like that. <laughs> Everyone has mental health. Mm. Everyone finds parenting hard but this is about loss change moving to a foreign country trying to live in a foreign country and how we can support each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i my favorite saying at the moment i have to admit is um uh, people who go to therapy are often going to therapy to deal with people who don't go to therapy and who should be going to therapy wow that's an interesting idea <laughs> i personally believe <laughs> Everyone should go to therapy. Me too. I'm, I, I know I haven't done it yet myself, but I'm like, oh, I'm really, really, I, I, I'm all for therapy, but I need, I just need to go. It's hard.